welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show, where we believe in you and we invite you to do just that, just a little bit more. And I am super excited to be introducing you to one of my friends. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is motivation and mind hacks. I call them shortcuts. You all know what a shortcut is, right? It's something that saves you time. Sometimes it saves you some treasure. We like shortcuts. So we're going to be going into motivational mind hacks with Jana Danielson. And I am super excited. You're going to love this lady. All right, Jana, are you there? Come on into the studio. There you are. Oh, cool. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Jackie? I am well. I am well. Okay, so speak up just a touch. Oh, if oh, okay. I can use my mom <laughs> voice. Is that better? It is, and I'm going to give you just a second. All right. So Jana, we're going into the world according to Jana. What, what is so, okay, I love this question. What is the best thing that's happened to you so far today? Oh my gosh, what, do you wanna know the best thing that's happened to me today? I went to finish some of my Christmas shopping and I found two water bottles with little golf dimples on them. And my two youngest sons are huge golfers. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> these are the best water bottles I've ever. So you know what, to be perfectly honest, that that is the best thing that happened. Cause I could just see their faces when they go into their stockings. And um, yeah, that's the best thing that happened to me so far. Cause I love, I mean, this is such a magical time of the year. And um, so to bring smiles to people's faces, especially my own children, is important to me as a mom. Wonderful. It is magic. And we are going to be continuing the magic and moving into this talk. Um, this motivation is such a misunderstood word, in my opinion. That there's a lot of mystique around it. You know, employers think it's their job to motivate their employees. And I'm like, something about that just doesn't ring true for me. So let's talk a little bit about motivation, about how you got here on this journey, and then we're going to give them the mind hacks. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you guys, I just want to just define something for you for a moment, just to give you the right kind of um, set of lenses to, you know, to participate in this, in this chat. So you either motivation is not you have it or you don't. Okay. It's not, and they're not mutually exclusive either. And I think sometimes it's, it, it feels that way is that motivation has to be something consistent that happens every single day. And um, you're going to see when we get into the mind hacks, really the different perspective that I come by, because let me tell you, as a teenager, um, you know, I grew up in an agricultural, small farming community. We had, you know, acres of garden and lots of room to play. And if your team, if you didn't play every sport on your high school team, you didn't have a team, right? And so um, what started happening to me in kind of when I was seven, 16, 17, 18, is I started to experience pain in my life and physical pain. And I was the eldest of three kids and very well driven, you might say motivated. And when I started experiencing my pain, the people around me and myself included just chalked it up to me being 
a high achiever, you know, a little bit more on the, you know, my, you know, let the, my anxiety scale kind of get the best of me. And we went to, you know, my, my parents took me to doctors and no one could really figure out besides giving me like Tums and things like that. Cause they thought it was indigestion. Um, that's what, that's what the diagnosis was. And, you know, when I moved away from home and came to university, that's a huge transition, right? It's just, there's so much change and there's so much like boundaries expand and there's all these new, um, you know, do you stay true to your values? Do you test your values a little bit and see what happens if you push those boundaries, all those things were happening. But the one thing that was consistent was that my pain remain and actually it stayed with me through those four years of when I was doing my business degree and even into like the early days when I was engaged and newly married and starting my career and you know you guys it got to the point where for about about a nine to eleven month um, kind of journey through different doctors and specialists and no one could give me answers because I was searching for answers and I was just given more and more medication and I was finally told um, at the end of that part of my journey, I was told that there was nothing, there was no diagnosis, that everything I was experiencing was in my head because I was seeking attention. And oh boy. Yeah. So you can imagine, um, and I was a fair, I mean, I was, I felt like I was a confident person. I had people around me who loved me, but still it was like someone pulled the rug out from under me. And I really became almost like that, that victim. I like, woe is me. This is my life. I can't do anything about it. And what do you think happens to motivation, intrinsic motivation? When you hear messages like that from people who are highly regarded, highly trained, and are supposed to help you find answers for problems that your body is experiencing. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to call that a, um, a motivation hack rather than, I mean, that just hacks the motivation right out from underneath you. Cause I yeah. saw it happen with my daughter. Um, the mystery, the medical mysteries of our day are devastating, Jana. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it started, you know, you think like you have all these plans as a young adult, like I would visualize, I wanted to be a mom one day. I wanted to have a successful career. My husband and I, I mean, we we're high school sweethearts. We literally grew up together. And so, you know, when you're that, when you're in high school and you're doing all those little like you know, I would write Jana Hootie plus Jason Danielson, and I would get all the, you know, you do these things, like you'd get all the vowels out and you would get a number for what, what was the percentage that you were in love and like all those things, right? Like he was my soulmate. And I started questioning myself, like, how will I show up for this man? And maybe, maybe this is, I would say, think to myself, maybe this is God's way of being like, no, Jana, you're not, this isn't right for you. You need to right? And you start asking yourself those questions, like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was a really low point in my life. And even though like, if someone saw me on the outside, you know, I looked healthy and I would go to, you know, I started my first job, I'd go to work with a smile on my face. And like I said, I was newly engaged, but inside it was like, there was a, the person inside of me did not match the person on the outside of me. And I started living this very, um, bilinear kind of life and I showed up as Jana who people what, what I thought people 
would want to see. But then when I was on my own, I just kind of retreated into my pain. And you know what, you guys, what, the one thing I did to kind of trick my brain is I actually gave my pain a name. I named my pain and not like a human name, but I named my pain, my edge. And so if I was going into a meeting or an interview or, you know, having to have a crucial conversation with someone and I would start to feel my digestive pain starting to kind of, there was something brewing, I would literally be like, I would address it. I'd be like, all right, perfect. My, I got my edge with me. Um, we're, I'm going to nail this interview or I'm going to do great in this proposal or this pitch I'm doing. So I had to trick my brain to taking it from feeling like a backpack full of bricks to being like, oh, perfect. Like, like it was a part of my personality. And because it showed up with me, I was ready to, you know, take on whatever was in front of me. Cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, so that's it quite is, the journey. Yeah, it really, yeah, it really is. All right. So beyond the mental hack, and that's a great, that's a great mindset piece, a mindset hack for everyone is just when you have something that you're, you can't deal with in the moment. Using that, that's a, that's a lovely idea where we take it and turn it into our edge. Beautifully said. All right. Now you got me curious. What happened with that edge? <laughs> okay. So do you know what happened? Um, I am, I'm a, I'm a big pop, pop culture kind of, uh, like I just, I love pop culture. And, you know, I started realizing that my body hurt when I moved, my body hurt when I didn't move. I was athletic as a, you know, as a, as a kid growing up and I, and I stopped moving. I just stopped being because even though my edge, I was turning it into positive, I just didn't have the motivation. I was just, I didn't. And so I was in the line at the grocery store and you guys, this is like the fall of 1999. So there's no internet, right? There's nothing you can't Google. And I found one of the fitness magazines when I was in line, I looked over and Madonna, who was one of my like icons was on the cover of this fitness magazine and the word Pilates was splashed across it. And I was like, what's Madonna doing now? So I bought that issue and I went home and I read the article and the article was about a form of movement called Pilates. And I had done some yoga before, but I'd never tried Pilates. So I got my, um, our city had like a leisure guide back then. And you'd flip through the leisure guide and look for different kinds of classes at different facilities. And I found a Pilates mat class, not far from my house, Tuesdays and Thursday nights. So I went and bought a new pair of leggings and a new mat and a new water bottle. And my husband came along with me. He went to lift weights and I went to my Pilates class. And you know what, you guys, I know we've all had those moments where we know we're, we know we're like on this earth and we know we're with people that are like us. But what my experience was like in that first Pilates class, I felt like I was on a different planet. I felt like the language my instructor was speaking, which, which was English, keep in mind, which is my, my first language. I, my brain could not comprehend three quarters of what she was saying. And the very first piece of that, Jackie, was she was trying to teach us how to breathe diaphragmatically. And she would give cues like, you know, inhale through your nose and feel your belly rise, feel your ribs expand and then exhale. And, and I was breathing, obviously, because we, we need to breathe to live. But 
what she was asking, and I was kind of like using my peripheral vision and watching the rest of the class and their bellies were rising and falling. And mine, like, I didn't know what to tell my brain to make my body do what she asked me to do. And normally that would have kind of pissed me off a little bit. I would have run for the hills and I would have been, this is dumb. I'm not doing this. But there was something that night, and you know, sometimes people call it like their angels are whispering to them or the universe is speaking to them. And something that night just said, be patient, like be patient, come back, come back on Thursday, come back next week. And that's what I did, you guys. And that within, from my first Pilates class in September of, of, of sorry, of 1999 to Christmas of 1999, I, at that point, had weaned myself off of nine of my 12 medications that I was on. And by February of 2000, um, I was not taking any medication anymore. And back then, I didn't understand why. I would, like, I didn't want to tell people at first that I was feeling better. So I would, like, knock on wood. I would do all those kind of, like, um, you know, the, the lucky charm things, right? I would cross my fingers, knock on wood, all those kinds of things. Cause I, I thought in my, my brain was telling me that it was not long-term something was going to jinx it. And I was going to go back to being that victim and not flourishing in my life. And um, so I didn't tell anybody for a very long time. And finally I started sharing with my new husband that, you know what, Jay, like, I haven't been taking these, this medication for a while. And he started noticing, he's like, what there's, I'm noticing changes in your body or I've noticed, you know? And so that's really what it was. It was the most inconspicuous experience for me. But what I know now, because you guys, I made a, I, I shifted my career. I made a whole career out of that experience. And I'm now able to impact, you know, many, many lives around this globe. Um, teaching what I knew and I was on a call a few days ago and um, I was being introduced in my presentation and the MC said like many people she took her mess and turned it into her message and I was like oh my gosh I love that so I did I took my mess and I've turned it into my message that that's really really cool okay so I'm going I'm going to close the loop and so we can move forward what was the career that you were in before this happened for sure so I was my my university degrees I did my undergraduate in business and then did my master's degree in business and I was in the corporate world I did corporate, yeah so <laughs> I did corporate human resource consulting I worked with executive leaders um, I love doing leadership development I love doing organizational design I did some outplacements so when you know a c-suite executive was let go I was the first person in so you know higher stress kind of world and I left that behind to, to start over all right so there we go this this leap into this world I love the, the way that you took us on that journey with you so the without we're not practicing medicine without a license on the show what you experienced was a long-term chronic medical condition that healed when you went into a practice that included a lot of breath work and a lot of core muscle movement and that's my impression of pilates yep got it right. so there's a lesson here that is one of my favorite ones in the world, which is our bodies are designed to heal. We just don't know how to get out of our own way. 
And it's not what the traditional in this country or this culture medicine is designed to facilitate. It's designed to try to fix something, but what if it's not broken? And so I love the, the journey that you've been on. All right, so, so now bring us back to, the, we're, we're right here. You, you've done one thing that most people are not willing to do. You listened to the nudge and were willing to stay someplace that you were very uncomfortable because mm -hmm. you didn't fit in. And having spent most of my life as a misfit, not fitting in, I could absolutely relate to your experience in the Pilates class. And I've done my share of running. What would you say to someone now who might need to just stay someplace where they're a little uncomfortable? There is, um, there is a fine line between taking inspired action and deciding to just, you know, maybe be that wallflower. There is a very, there's a very fine line, right? And sometimes you hear like the language of, you know, taking a deep dive or, you know, like, and we, we, we make it, we make, language makes it feel like it's this big, huge thing, <laughs> right? It, it does. And I mean, I, yeah. I love studying language because you guys, at the end of the day, do you know what I did? I took a, I took an exercise mat and I walked into a room, I made that choice. And, um, you know, it's, it's not the only, the only time I've been uncomfortable in my life, but at that point it was like, what are my, my other option, Jackie, was not taking inspired action and to live where I was. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, and you, you said it so beautifully that our body is meant to heal, right? It just sometimes needs different interventions to show it a different way or like I said give it a new set of lenses to be like oh because sometimes we're so close right we're so close to these <laughs> things that we can't see we can't see a way out yeah. and so um when I you know like I didn't I didn't shift my entire being I just made a commitment to myself and um you know, initially I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'll go for September and I'll see how it feels. Right. I, I like, I, I chunked it out. Like, how do you eat an elephant wow. one bite at a time? Yeah. That's what I did. And at the end of September, I was like, okay, all right, I'm starting to feel different. So then I'll go till the end of October. And then by the end of October, people like my coworkers were asking me like, what are you doing different? Like you look taller, you, you know, you have this sense of like your energy or it's like you're beaming that we've never seen before. And so once I started getting that external feedback, my brain absorbed it in a very different way than it, does, than it did when I was doing my own self-talk. Because don't forget, you guys, for many, many years before that, I didn't always have positive self-talk, right? <laughs> I felt like, do you, have you, you guys ever had that where you think, well, you know, that saying everything happens for a reason. I'm like, well, I must have done something to deserve this, right? Like I must've pulled some kind of, I pulled the short straw. Like there was something that I must've done to end up with this pain because why else would I have it, right? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I changed the words that were coming out of my mouth or even the words that weren't coming out of my mouth that were just my thoughts, it drastically changed 
how I saw myself. Well, you're right. Language makes things seem like a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I get that. I love that quote from you, by the way. That, that's, I wrote it down when you said it. So, oh. <laughs> cool. So how did that transition show up for you? I mean, you've taken us up to February of 2000. Well, and you know what, you guys, at that point, I started believing that my body could, and I mean, I'm married by this time. And I started believing that I could grow a baby. I could birth a baby and I wanted to be a mom in the worst way. So lo and behold, and I was doing my, I was finishing up my master's degree at that point. And then January of the next year, our first son was born. So that's when I really started believing that, yeah, you know what, this isn't something being done to me, or I didn't do something for this to happen to me. Um, I just changed my whole mindset, my perspective. I had clarity. I started stepping up and you know what, you guys, you know what happened? When I started to find my breath through Pilates, I started to find my voice again. I didn't realize that when I lost my breath because of my pain, I actually lost my voice. And that, like, that was, it became crystal clear to me that I was showing up, I had a voice, and it felt really good. Yeah, boy, that's a really good catch. And so this idea of you lost your breath because of the pain mm -hmm. and with it went your voice. Yeah. And like literally, right. Cause my diaphragm was not working how it should. So I literally lost, I mean, I was breathing cause I was living, yeah. but, um, and we'll talk more about this when we get to the mind hacks, we're going to talk about the parasympathetic and, and uh, sympathetic nervous systems and, and little tricks and tips around that. But what happened is we started having babies and we had three boys in four and a half years. And I quit my corporate job and went out and did my own HR consulting, but this little Pilates seed was always there in the back of my mind. Like you should get trained. You should get trained so you can learn more. Um, and again, you know, universe, source, energy, God, whatever. When the boys were so young, we were still farming and my husband had his job and I was growing my business. And at that time, cause I'm in Canada, you had to either go to Vancouver or Toronto to get certified in Pilates. You had to go for six to 12 months. And I was like, okay, well that's not on, like I, I'm not gonna uproot my family. And so I, so like literally about three or four days after I was like, okay, well, it's just not right now. I'll do it, but I'll do my training, but not right now. A woman from Phoenix, I saw this, I got information that a, a Pilates instructor, a teacher trainer from Phoenix was coming to Saskatoon, my little city of all places to do her Pilates comprehensive training, the mat Pilates, all of the apparatus. And I was like, what, are you kidding me? So I immediately signed up. And I remember my husband, Jason, that night we were laying in bed and he said to me, why do you wanna do this? And I said, you know, Jay, this, if, if I only, if the education that I get from this experience, if I only use it, utilize it with you and me and our three boys, that is enough of a return on my investment. And that's because that's where I was. That was my mindset. Just learn more, take a deeper dive, learn more. And you know what you guys, what started happening is when I got trained, um, I started teaching some Pilates mat classes out of my home. My sister got some of her friends and I got some of mine and we started doing two twi or twice a week. Jason got seven of his buddies. We did guys class twice a week. And then um, for my birthday that year, 
um, Jason bought me some of the Pilates equipment and he said to me these words, I, I'll never forget these words. He said, you still don't believe in you like I believe in you. And there's something here, Jana. He's like, you sparkle. When I can, like when I'm upstairs with the boys and you're teaching downstairs, he's like, I can hear it in your voice. This is what you're meant to do. And so we bought, he bought me some of the equipment and I started teaching privates out of our home. And between December, or sorry, January of 2008 and September of 2010, in that 16 months, uh, I went from four classes a week to 16 classes a week. I was teaching about 20 hours of privates and running my consulting firm. And Jason's like, you know what? Like you're doing great with your consulting, but you, this is where you need to be. So he quit his job, took over the business consulting uh, firm. I opened my first studio in 2010 and the rest is history. We expanded in 2015. So that's where we are right now in my, I have an integrated health therapies clinic and a Pilates studio under one roof. We have, you know, chiro, physio, massage, mental health, nutrition, body talk, Reiki, reflexology under the same roof as all of my Pilates instructors. And you guys, we, we change people's lives because we intervene with either movement or treatment or a combination. And it's been amazing. And so I wanted to take that sensation online. Um, if you didn't live close to my studio and my clinic. So I started my online Pilates studio in 2019. And then just seven months ago. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. That was not, you know, worldwide pandemic was not on my on my list of why do I want to do this? All right. <laughs> and then, you know, that expanded into my first pelvic floor fitness tool. And that's been my message lately is just, you know, finding it within yourself, whatever little piece it is that you connect with. I find I'm kind of like the, the anti-fitness guru in that it's not about just checking a box. The mind and the body are not pieces that you can separate. Our body's made of systems, you know, a skeletal system, a lymphatic system, a nervous system, a, you know, a circulatory system. And these systems, you guys all impact each other. So, you know, I'm coming around full circle back to the mindset piece we're not, I like to say, we're not like those Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head dolls where we put on like our big lips for date night or our running shoes when we're going to go for a walk. We are, this is our structure and we need to find some ways to nurture it and allow it to flourish because it's meant, it's meant to. And in those moments where life throws us curveballs, you know, the resiliency that we need, and trust me, I mean, I've had my share of curveballs, but if I didn't have my physical health to support those mental health challenges, you know, there could have been very different outcomes. Well, you're right. There's a lot of synergy between those two things and they have to connect. All right. So let's go. Mind hack, motivational mind hack number one. What you got for us? Okay. So you guys, I want you to just suspend reality for a second and you have to understand. And that's why Jackie was brilliant at like walking you through my experience. Okay. So mind hack number one is oxygenation. We live with our brain in a state of oxygen deprivation. We literally do. And when that happens, you guys, we, it's like, we're walking around with constant brain fog. 
our body doesn't feel good. It's hard to be confident when you're always like, where are my keys? Where's my phone? And you're always just kind of, you're going through the motions, but the motions don't have that sustenance that they should have. Okay. So it's, it's going to be no surprise that, you know, motivation levels are going to be on this constant decline when the brain as our main, like this is our central processing unit, right? Of our computer, <laughs> we need to protect it. And now just so you guys um, know is when we breathe in, like if you were smelling a fresh baked apple pie and then we exhale, like we're fogging up a bathroom mirror, that breathing, okay? It's called diaphragmatic breathing. It doesn't just automatically happen like you heard through my story. It takes time. And when you start learning this hack, you're gonna get a little bit lightheaded. Like physiologically, you're gonna be like, what is happening here? The more lightheaded you get, the more deprived of oxygen your brain is. So if you start doing this three or four times a day, eight to 10 breaths, big inhale, like you're smelling a fresh baked apple pie, and then exhaling like you're fogging up that bathroom mirror, you will start to notice that kind of that woozy feeling, it'll start to dissipate and it'll go away. And that's how you know with confidence that you have done an amazing thing, an amazing hack to make sure that that brain has the oxygen it needs. Now in this hack, you guys, not only is it getting your brain into a position where it is ready to like take on the world and deal with stuff, you've also happened just by virtue of that to oxygenate the other trillions of cells in your body that are like little gas tanks. You guys know when you're driving down, you know, you're driving and all of a sudden the little orange light in your, you know, low fuel light goes on. And you're like, Ooh, I got 60. Well, for Canada, I got 60 kilometers of gas or of, so I got to stop and get fill my tank. That's what breathing does for our cells. Our cells are on low fuel or low oxygen. So when we breathe this way, the cells that make us, us, are going to start to be able to function at a higher level, okay? So that is mind hack number one. And how this plugs, like I said, how it plugs into motivation is that you know what it's like. Like when you feel good, you come at things from a very different perspective. It, you know, there's more clarity, there's more confidence. Therefore, those commitments you make to yourself, those intrinsic motivators are alive and well. All right. I'm having a lot of fun with this. That was lovely. All right. Good. Um, I loved the um, sensory nature of that. It makes it much, much easier for people to do. And I'm assuming that sort of came out of your journey to reconnect Absolutely. with your own diaphragm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call this OB breathing, olfactory, smell the apple pie yeah. and visual fog the mirror. Yeah. So, so that's how it's going to end up in my notes. So okay. <laughs> and you, know, you guys, you know, one really funny thing was when my kids were little, they used to, the exhale part of the breath, my youngest son, Tommy used to say, cause he would listen to me teach from upstairs and he'd say, mom, you and the, and he called them Pilates girls, mom, you and the Pilates girls sound like friendly dragons. So that's how he, when, when he was five and six, that's how he defined that exhale, not a mean dragon, but a friendly dragon. So um, that's my first one. The second one, you guys, and I brought my water bottle here today. Um, the second hack is hydration, okay? So just like um, oxygenation, we are a dehydrated society. So did you know that 
hydration is absorbed into our body in a prior, we have a priority system. So visualize a pyramid. The top of the pyramid is our brain, okay? Just like with that breathing, our brain is the first organ to get hydrated. The second part of the pyramid are the tissues of our vital organs. And the bottom of the pyramid, you guys, are our bones, our joints, our muscles, our fascia, okay? So let's dissect this a little bit. If you're waiting until noon to take your first sip of water, your body's innate um, way of reminding you that you're thirsty, it's going to be a little bit sleepy because you haven't woken it up and guess, or you haven't woken it up yet. And you're not going to reach for your water bottle automatically. That thirst mechanism is going to be dull because you haven't woken it up. So if you are caffeine drinkers, that's totally cool. About two cups of coffee or caffeinated tea, 16 ounces, totally fine in the hydration formula for your day. Just make sure you're taking sips of water. Anything more than 16 ounces, you guys, of, of caffeine, that becomes a diuretic and that's going to start to dehydrate you at a higher level. Um, so what my, my little hack here is, if you love your caffeine, love your caffeine. Be present when you're drinking it. Taste it. If you love feeling the, you know, the warmth of the cup, experience that. Don't just guzzle and pour another one and guzzle and pour another one, but make it like a treat for your body. Um, if we are not hydrating our brain, you guys, our vital organs and our, you know, the tissues of our bones, muscles, joints is, is going to be dehydrated. And so for those of you who are healing from, let's say, a sprained ankle or, you know, a tendonitis or, you know, something like that, that is physical, you are actually undoing the healing process because the tissues don't have the hydration they need to actually go into healing mode. They're going to be more like beef jerky. You guys know beef jerky, like it's yummy to eat, but it's like, it's tough, right? Wow. That's basically what those tissues become. All right. So besides the, the breathing, hydration is really my, my second mind hack that I love to talk about. All right. That was a huge one because understanding how the body takes in the hydration is really, really key. If it doesn't get to the muscles until the last system that gets hydrated, that explains a lot of what I'm seeing in one of my friends. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a curse and the curse is someone who doesn't like to drink water. They just, for whatever reason, texture, yep. taste, doesn't matter. They don't like to drink water and they're suffering from some of the effects that you were just talking about. And I'm going, all right. So Jana, let's do a mini hack right here. Yep. What can yep. somebody who doesn't like to drink water do to improve okay. their hydration? All right. So a couple of things. Um, you can put a few drops of like lemon or orange essential oil into your water. That's awesome. Um, if it's a temperature thing, go with what you like. I mean, a cup of hot water with some lemon is still hydration. It doesn't have to be freezing cold water. Um, the other things are, you know, you can buy some, I don't, not, not the high sugar ones, but you can buy like, there's little hydration tablets you can drop into your water that make it a little bit fizzy and give it a little bit of a flavor. You guys, those are totally fine. 
Um, it just is, you have to find your way. There's, you know, there's those cool water bottles you can get where you can put fruit in overnight and, you know, the fruit, the strawberries will kind of diffuse into the, or infuse into the water. So you have to be a little bit creative. And this is what can be frustrating for me sometimes where I'll have clients and they're like, I, I hate water. And I'm like, well, I find that hard to believe because we are like 80% water, like our body, like we're not, we are like, that's what you are. So, um, and you know, the other reason Jackie, sometimes people don't love water is because our bladders, when we don't drink water, our bladders are not conditioned the way we want them to. So I'll have people, yeah, exactly. So I'll people say like, yeah, but if I drink water, then I go to the bathroom 20 times a day. And so, yeah, but here's like the mini hack of the mini hack. You can't just go like from zero to 60 with this. Start with eight ounces a day and see how that goes. And then add maybe four more ounces in the second week. And then add, you know, it's, so you, you get your bladder used to it. I wouldn't drink like this full water bottle before I go to bed. That probably isn't going to be good for me. I'd be up during the night. Right. But throughout my day, um, I do, I drink like these are 17 ounces. So I'm drinking like four to six of these in a day, but do you know why it's because I have this little thing in my head that I want to start my hydration first thing in the morning. So I go to bed, I take my bottle and I go to bed and it's beside my bed. And I just have this thing that before I leave the house, this is empty one time. So while I'm, you know, getting my makeup on, I'm sipping while I'm getting breakfast, while I'm putting my stuff together. And by the time I leave the house, you guys, this is done and I've refilled it. You're going to notice your hair, your skin, like just from a, from a beauty perspective, that's also going to start to change, which I believe plugs into our motivation. Well, there we go. Mindset and beauty hack all rolled into one. There we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys are getting your money's worth today. <laughs> all right. So we've got oxygenation. We've got, we've got getting more oxygen into the body. Yes. And then now we've got getting more hydration. Yes. In. What's yeah. next? Okay. So Joseph Pilates believed that the health of our body was dictated by the health of our spine. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know what, you guys, um, and I think Jackie, we'll talk about my free gift at the end. Will we? Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Okay. So we'll get there at the end. Um, Joseph Plotties believed that you could have a 70 year old body with a 30 year old spine, and that's the quality of life you would live on the opposite side of things. You could have a 30 year old body with a 70 year old spine, and that's the quality of life that person would live. Mm -hmm. All right. Our spine is made up of little tiny bones called vertebrae in between those little bones are like little jelly donuts called discs. And maybe some of you watching, you know, have experienced that because you can get a bulge in your disc, like the jelly would kind of come to the edge of the donut, or you could get a herniated disc where the jelly comes out of the donut. And then you're experiencing a lot of pain, right? So we need to move our spine every single day. Mm -hmm. And in my free gift, you will see exactly how to do that. We take you, I, two of my sons joined me on that video, you guys. The third son was writing a final, so he couldn't make it when we were recording it. But that video is what Jack and I are talking about. It's actually gonna bring these hacks to life. You're gonna be able to do these things through motion with us. The five spinal movements are, and if you wanna just kind of do this along with me, do you guys feel, um, we have those two bony bones in our butt, Okay, they're called our ischial tuberosities. 
everyone can visualize a tee, a, a tee and if you're going, if you're golfing, the golf tee goes in, the ball goes on top. When you are either too far forward or kind of too far slumped back, that golf ball is going to roll off the front or the back of the tee. That's a problem. Okay. When we are behind the tee, we're taking space away from our body. How do we expect our organs to digest and eliminate and circulate when we've taken space and we've eliminated it? It's not going to work. And you guys, that was part of my digestive issue issue was that my posture was so compromised that there was no space. And when I added space through posture and breathing and movement, everything new, it's like, oh, I remember what my job is now. I just couldn't do it. Remember the days when you'd get into an elevator with like 25 people and you would just be standing there, right? That's kind of what my body was like. Um, and I, I found space. So when we, if you guys are sitting at your desk, if you kind of tuck your tailbone between your legs, like if a puppy was getting in trouble and he would put his yeah. tail between his legs, put your tail between your legs and then sit nice and tall. And this little rocking motion, you guys, is called flexion. When you're sitting at your desk for more than an hour, blood flow to your legs has decreased by 50%, okay? This little rocking motion and then getting up and walking for two minutes, that's the hack, it's gonna reset your blood flow. You're not gonna feel like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz after a big rain. You guys know what that's like. You get up from your desk and you have to take a few <laughs> slow steps, right? A little creaky. Exactly. And then you kind of find your rhythm again. So this little tucking of the tailbone is part of that hack. Now, the other way to move the spine is called extension. If you were to just look up at the ceiling and then look back at your computer and just look up, okay? That is extension. We need to be looking up. You know what happens when we look up? Just be mindful of this, you guys. I'm gonna just turn sideways. Be careful that it's not this. See how I'm hanging my bowling ball off my head? That's not gonna feel great. But if I was thinking, like think about zipping up a jacket. And if I was zipping up my jacket, I would lift here and I would use my core to support my head, okay? That's extension. Better, that's better, Jackie, yeah. Then there's rotation, right? We twist side to side, so twisting your body. If you were leaning down from one side of your chair to the other, that's side bending. And then you'll see in the video, when, you, when you're on the floor and you um, lift your hips up off the floor, your tailbone is higher than your heart and gravity gets to work in a different way on your body. You guys, those are the five simple hacks for getting your spine to move. I just feel like so many people don't move their body because we think that, or we've been told by the fitness industry that you have to leave a pile of sweat on the floor. Or you have to lift a certain amount of weight. I'm here to tell you that that's not like, join me, join me in my revolution, you guys. It is just <laughs> We're move. the no sweat workout. Instead of sweating in the oldies, we've got the no sweat workout. I love it. Cause I can do this while I'm doing the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what it is. It is, it's like nutritious movement. One of my mentors, Katie Bowman coined that term. So it's like, if you were taking your vitamin D or vitamin C or whatever you're taking, this is part of that supplement um, experience, your nutritious movement. You guys see the sun's coming out from behind the clouds <laughs> and I'm getting blinded by the light. I'm just going to move my little set here. There, there, that's better. Um, so those five spinal movements, you guys, and, and they really don't discriminate between age or gender or ability. That's just the way they're meant to move. And I guarantee you, if you took that little practice, if you see what my boys and I do um, on the video, in the giveaway video, you'll see how it, it, it becomes kind of a natural 
it's natural. Like if you watch little kids, the way they walk and they squat down and they pick up a toy and then they, you know, like they just, they're just moving. That's all this really is. So um, that's hack number like 3.8. I feel like we're on about now. <laughs> there were some pieces in there. So those were five pieces. Got it. All right. Cool. Okay, so coming around, Katie's going to drop the link in for the gift in just a minute, because I loved the fact that as soon as we said, yeah, let's do this, let's talk on the show, and, and it worked out on your schedule, which in and of itself, I know is a miracle, <laughs> um, and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, so as soon as you said yes, you're like, oh, and I'll do a video, and I'll get my boys, and I'm like, holy Cadolito, yeah, <laughs> wind her up, and there she goes. So I, not that you have any enthusiasm. No, <laughs> no, you guys, um, you know, the Jackie, give me a sense of how much time I have one more piece to share. Do I have time? You have time. We're going, we're going to stretch this. You got five minutes. Let's Perfect. Let's okay. Rock. So you guys, the other thing, so these are kind of like, these are easy things. Like you could be doing these right now. You don't have to go and buy anything. Air is all around us. Water is, you know, available and movement is just movement. But do you want to know the one hack, the motivation mind hack that I wanted to share uh, really kind of triggered for me in March. So in March, on the 18th of March is when our government shut my business down when COVID first hit. And every day before I would come to work for probably for years and years and years, my mindset mantra was clarity creates confidence and confidence creates clarity. And I would literally mumble that to myself throughout the morning. And it just was like my way of showing up you guys, the night of the 18th, after all my staff left, we were, you know, frantically, you know, connecting with clients and letting them know we were moving things online and having to cancel treatments. And, and I, I purposefully kind of dragged my heels a bit. So I was the last one here. And I walked into every single treatment room, both reception areas, every bathroom, our staff room, all of my Pilates rooms. And I just looked at each room and I talked to each room. And I was like, you know what? You are gonna, you have brought so much joy to people's lives. Like I just, I went through this little conversation. And of course I had my tears cause I needed to. And on my way home, I thought to myself, I cannot wake up tomorrow morning and use that mantra clarity creates confidence and confidence creates clarity because I had I had very low of both of those I didn't have a lot of clarity well I had no clarity because we didn't know and I had no confidence and when I woke up the next morning and the sky was blue and I knew I had to come and get online and start teaching and inspire in a moment where people just didn't know I thought to myself Today, I get to make lemon lemonade out of lemons. And that became my new mantra. Today, I get to make lemonade out of lemons. And it really, you know, when we talk about ways to motivate ourselves, you know, apart from the intrinsic and extrinsic, and like I said at the beginning, it's not, it's on or it's off. You guys, it's always there. There are bits of motivation. Some days you might not have it in you to just, you know, blow it out of the water and that's okay. That's okay. I want to just leave you with with that, you know, with that bit of inspiration is that it's there. Sometimes you need people to pull it out of you and that's the extrinsic, but it's the intrinsic piece is there and sometimes it's messy. Um, 
but never give up on this concept because when you need it, it's there. And if you feel like it's not there, maybe it's not quite the right time. Maybe you haven't quite learned the lesson um, that you were meant to out of whatever situation you're going through, um, but it's there. Oh, there we go. That That's a lovely thing. We're going to call that, um, hmm, you know, I have some favorite movies and some of them have timeless wisdom. And The Wizard of Oz popped into my head with, if I ever lose my heart's desire, I won't go looking any further than my own backyard because mm -hmm. if it's not there, I haven't really lost it anyway. And that popped into my head when you were saying that. And I'm like, okay. I it love that. It really could be just that simple. So the internal motivation, and by the way, all motivation is internal because it comes from your emotions. And so I love the weaving in of all of the physicality with the fact that this is where you will find your motivation. When your brain started to accept that there was some hope for your physical healing, that shift could happen in that arena after years and years. And I, that, that graphic of your body curling in because chronic pain is something that will absolutely curl in our spine. I mean, it's just, this is the body's natural response of protection. And so this opening up, you don't have to wait for it to be gone to get started. Well, you know what, Jackie, the other thing too, is it wasn't until I realized, and this was years later, looking back, it wasn't until I thought I needed others to fix me and heal me, but it wasn't until I truly believed that I had, I had it within myself to figure that out and just be in my body, that's when that's when the healing and the change, the radical change happened. Ownership is key. And ownership is challenging because as you pointed out, we live in a time where we don't necessarily feel like we have a lot of control over everything that we used to have the at least illusion of control around. And so now that those constructs have been stripped away, looking for where we do have ownership, where we do have control. And that for me was one of the greatest gifts out of our conversation. And that I, that I appreciate the fact that you shared with everyone. What we are talking about here and the hacks that Jana has shared are all about you having absolute control over the one, the one uh, person, the one thing that's gonna be with you for your entire life, which is the human suit and the connections between your person, the physical body and your personality. You know, you are connected, but sometimes we forget. Yeah, so lovely, Janet. Oh, thank yeah. you so yeah. much. And Katie dropped the link. And so everyone can have access to the video that you and your sons did. And I am so grateful, Jana, that you took the time to be with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Jackie. Bye everyone. And you can hang, you don't have to rush off, but I do want everyone who's watching to come back, stick around. The ride gets more interesting from here. <laughs>